Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Talia. We're two associate and marriage and family therapists under clinical supervision, and we both specialize in working with couples. Welcome to It's Complicated, the Couples Guide podcast. Where we debunk myths and deliver truth about couples therapy. Trust us. It's awesome. Hey, Ryan. Hey, Talia. How are you? Fantastic and excited. Yeah? Do you know what we're going to talk about today? Um, I would be lying if I said I didn't. <laughs> Shall I forget for a hot minute? <laughs> sure. Hmm. Ryan, we're going to talk about our second red flag. Nice. What's that mean? What does the second red flag <laughs> the mean? the second red flag? <laughs> we're doing second part in our series. Yes. Not everything's a red flag. Yes. And we're going to get to talk about our second one. What's our second red flag? Our second red flag is when couples feel as though it's unfair, like the therapist is spending an unfair amount of time on their partner, which usually looks like, if you guys listeners can see this, like the <laughs> arms crossed, like, hey, it's my turn. Yeah. It's, I want to talk. Yeah. I think it's, uh, <clears throat> yeah, for episode five, where we're calling it, it's my turn to talk yes. or something like that. Uh, taking turns can be a thing that we do in therapy mm-hmm. if one partner shares, another partner shares. Sometimes though, in therapy, one partner is going to be speaking more. Yes. And you can definitely get to that place, like you said, arms folded, like, wait a second. My partner gets more time with the therapist. I want to talk. I had a couple once that mm-hmm. they said, um, they've had 25 minutes, it's my turn. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And hey, if I'm going in with my partner and I'm thinking, like, I want to make sure mm-hmm. I get my say in, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but in this series, not everything's a red flag. Um, we're, we'll, today we'll talk about that topic, but in general, this series, we're trying to look at, hey, this might be something that could be a red flag in therapy that you might be like, hey, for your therapist needs to attune to, but it may not be. Correct. So we want to always dive into with this series, situations where it's appropriate mm-hmm. to where maybe a therapist is spending more time with one partner than the other and where it blurs into actually that is a genuine red flag. Yes. Hey, um, be attuning to these factors where it's like you it, you have some agency to say, hey, I feel like I'm not being heard enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, given that, um, there are times in therapy where we as therapists will want to spend more time with one partner. Mm-hmm. What are some of those situations or what do you think are some of the factors that go into that? How are you assessing that? I usually assess that in an, the first session mm-hmm. or once the intake is complete, let's say it takes mm-hmm. a couple sessions, if I'm looking at the paperwork, a history, and inventory, if you will, and seeing, oh, I have more questions mm-hmm. about what's going on here in mm-hmm. one partner compared to the other, or this partner has reported more mm-hmm. concerns around a certain area and the other partner doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually dive in a little bit more than when I see a discrepancy in the paperwork. Yeah. Or if I'm noticing one member of the couple, even in session, has that, I don't know if I should call it anxiety, but mm-hmm. that concern maybe that mm-hmm. it's time's not even, wait, oh, no, I need to explain myself. You, you don't understand. That's not how it went. Kind mm-hmm. of that interjecting behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when I usually try and take a pause and go into therapist mode. <laughs> Wondering, yeah, what, what is that like for you when <laughs> blank happens? You know, yeah, I yeah. do that role. What about sure. you? Um, I definitely do that role. Um, what I was listening to you say and totally agreeing with actually is in the history taking mm-hmm. early on. And I think this is kind of key for our listeners to know this might uh, be very common at the beginning of therapy where your therapist might have 
based on maybe an individual part of the intake in couples or in the session realize, hey, there's stuff happening. Yes. That uh, there is legitimate reason why we need to spend more time with one partner. Mm -hmm. One example, like you were saying, of like there's more you want to dive into background. I'm thinking right away if someone's had a really, um, say, rough childhood or disturbing past experience. We, you know, trauma is a big word. It doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, everyone has different ideas of that. But something along those lines where it's like, hey, I need to kind of suss this out a bit mm -hmm. because certain individual experiences influence individuals so much, it's really hard to not bring that into the relationship. Yeah. If I don't know what's going on there, yeah. how can I safely hold this you know, person within the context of a relationship and go through mm -hmm. it? So that there could be very legitimate reasons. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, again, um, if the big one that just comes to mind is trauma. Maybe it's because I just specialize in that i have a lot of that in, in my case though what else might be like a big thing where you have someone who's like had i guess any type mm, now i'm just like sitting here brainstorming quickly <laughs> and my caffeine is working love it uh, loves it uh but what else kind of comes up for you is like what are the types of clinical things that you're realizing oh this is what i need to dive into more to have a better understanding with this one partner before i can move forward with couples work when the partner is sabotaging couples therapy mm. for lack of a better okay. phrase. Yeah. Like I'm noticing behaviors or comments that mm -hmm. are not conducive to the relationship building oh, when I we've see. established the goal that yes, I want to be in this relationship and work mm -hmm. on it. And they both agree on it yet. I'm seeing the partner being, you know, exhibiting the four horsemen. If we look at Gottman or they're checking out or they're saying really derisive comments Four horsemen. When we look at Gottman, what does that mean? Or do you want to dive in? Yeah, it's you a, can say it aside. I, no, I can dive before in. Before you throw that out, I don't know. If I just have it many memorized. Many listeners know what that is. So there are in couples therapy what's called the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Doctors John and Julie Gottman have identified these four patterns I'm about to list <laughs> are basically corrosive within a relationship. Uh -huh. And there's a couple that we should. I mean, we should always avoid all of them, but we're human. We let them slip. But there's also antidotes mm -hmm. to those. But the four horsemen are defensiveness, criticism, contempt, and stonewalling in no particular order. Yeah. And in, uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can Google that, find it. There's tons of stuff about this. And we'll, we'll always be referring to the, the horsemen throughout our different episodes. Um, but I think that's a good quick uh, hello for, for now. Mm -hmm. um, but those are absolutely those patterns of behavior that could be exhibited that your Talia are checking out and going, whoa, wait, wait this is happening. Let's yes. look at that. So yeah, if I'm seeing the sabotaging yeah. behaviors, or if one couple, one member of the couple's just not getting mm -hmm. it, like they've been through some shit mm -hmm. in their last relationship, yeah. and their partner was terrible, yeah. <laughs> and now they're with a good person, mm -hmm. and they're having this lens of, no, you were the yeah. terrible partner, which is not the case, mm -hmm. slowing it down for them and saying, I'm thinking you might want to be saying that to your ex. Why is that coming up for you with your current partner? Yeah. And so they can learn to differentiate. So it's not spending more time on them, but it's yeah. really dive. I don't dive in maybe as much with one partner who seems to get it. I'm yeah. putting air quotes, get the concept <laughs> versus a partner who's like, what are you talking about? That's all I've ever communicated with. What yes. else am I supposed to do? Yeah. Yeah. I should take more time to explain it to both. Yeah. I think you're I think you're bringing up two things. Yes. Um, the way I hear the first part you're talking about is agendas. That's the language I use in my sessions, mm -hmm. and that's where, if say the horsemen are there, or if some one partner seems like hey there is a sabotage as you put it in the relationship, 
that's where I assess. That's what I'm actually doing in my individual intakes because I do uh, a first intake with the couple, then I meet individually with both. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I'm looking at are agendas. What I mean by that, which I think I've talked about on the podcast before, is are we are both partners actually interested in this in this relationship? And it's very okay to start couples therapy where one partner is like, I'm done with the relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just want to work on this to have an amicable divorce. Maybe I'll work on this because we have kids and we want to you know, start moving into that world of relating. But then the other partner is like, no, I'm here. I want to save this marriage or this relationship wherever you're at. Right. So agendas is two partners are very different spaces. That's I've assessed with, and I won't maybe go into... Um, that I won't give as much space to that in a couple's session right? because I've already assessed that, but I might need to dive more into that um, right. individually. I agree. And the second thing you're saying is, yeah, if someone is bringing stuff from their past relationships and it just does seem to be sabotaging in the session, but for me, I've already checked that the agendas are aligned, just like what you're saying, that might cue me to really dive in emotionally with that one partner who is a you know i'm observing is doing sabotaging but isn't even aware that that's happening so true i think that's a good bridge into talking about how it's quite common in my practice i'll say that there are times where i'll do a deep dive and stay with one partner Mm -hmm. as the main partner talking and listening right however a lot of the times, hopefully what I'm doing is as I'm diving in with that partner, I love your example of, hey, came from a bad relationship, this is a good one and not really seeing it. I'm also going to be using language that includes the other partner who's listening. Yes. So even though I'm talking more directly with say partner A for maybe 25 minutes, I'm going to be looking for two things. How I can use language to include partner B. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, when you do this with so-and-so, yes. this is what's happening. So A and B are connected that way. Mm-hmm. Also, I use tons of body language and visual cues and looking to make sure that I am looking at partner B, going, I'm checking in on you, I'm seeing you, I'm seeing how you're reacting, and I'm making sure we're doing this together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So inclusive language is mm-hmm. what I heard, being yeah. able to even help the couple navigate Mm -hmm. you can use a solo experience Mm -hmm. but being inclusive of what your partner maybe even has a reaction to yeah hey what's it like to hear your partner still going through all Mm -hmm. of this stuff so it's a way to include the partner Uh, i would also say that couples who have this was i think a couple questions ago that you asked Mm -hmm. couples who have a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. independently so not only Mm -hmm. childhood trauma but just They've gone through a lot. Yeah, past relational trauma. Yes, relational trauma. trauma tons any of stuff. anything yeah. like that. Being able to know that ahead of time and be honest about it. Mm-hmm. At least my lens as a couples therapist is mm-hmm. looking at it, saying, "Wait a second, that has nothing to do with this relationship. That's because of this thing that happened when they were 11 years old." Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. And artfully knowing how to bring that in without yeah. singling out one partner to make because that feeling of oh, not only is my partner having more time spent on them in couples therapy, but I don't want the partner who is maybe having more time spent feeling like they're singled out either. So it's this really fine tightrope to walk of, okay, I don't want to feel, I don't want to make them feel singled out, Mm -hmm. but I also 
need to make sure I do bring it up in a way that is inclusive of both partners, mm-hmm. but isn't so general that both of the couple members, the couple are like, who are you talking What's to? Happening? Like what? Yeah. Like you're not I'm focusing lost. on either of us. Yeah. <laughs> Wall of words yeah. and I'm done. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, I just think like wall of words, yeah. like in flashbacks, like, oh, I'm sure I've done that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right. The self inventory. Like, uh, good to remember. Tom right. was mentioning that. <laughs> Uh, have you thought of maybe in past experiences working with couples a time where not even a specific couple but a time where you were in a session thinking I have spent more time on one member than the other absolutely uh I think when I was brand new Mm -hmm. I was uh, a little too insecure about it where I was like oh no all of my training is I need to make sure we're balanced in that Mm -hmm. uh what I gained through experience and confidence was just acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. So this is what I will do in session, which, and this is something that um, if you're a therapist listening, I encourage you to do. Or if you're um, a listener thinking about going to couples therapy, maybe asking your therapist to do if they don't already. And that is just acknowledge it. Just say, hey, I know I've been taking, you know, we're spending a lot of time talking about this with partner A. Mm-hmm. I see you, I hear you. I want to make sure, this is really important that we stay with partner A for this. I just want to let you know that I'm aware of that and I want to make sure you'll have enough time either for later in the session or maybe it'll be next session. True. But just making it known in the room that that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. I think that's so key Mm -hmm. because that way, at the very least, both partners are aware of what's going on. And then partner A, who might be talking, can start going, oh, thank you, my partner is allowing me to do this as well and right. not taking over. And my therapist is doing something that obviously needs to happen. And likewise, the other partner, partner B, can go, okay, I might be a little restless because i got a lot to say about mm-hmm. what's been going on right now. However, I've been acknowledged that this is what needs to happen at the moment. Mm-hmm. And in general, um, I, I front load that experience at the beginning of therapy with new clients. Yes. I let them know that, I let new clients know that that could happen. And I invite clients to always let me know if they feel like they are not getting enough time or if I think I tend to word as like if they don't feel like there's a balance, Mm -hmm. if I'm not, you know, attuning to both enough or if I feel if they feel like I've sided with one person or the other. Definitely. Um, I always try to acknowledge that before my clients do but yeah. i'm not perfect so it's absolutely appropriate not? for well not in this regard <laughs> this is my one flaw <laughs> my freckles on the other <laughs> hand are absolutely perfect um the uh but having like oh i like those oh. uh but having clients you know feel like it's okay to say hey i'm really not feeling heard mm-hmm so. And I see that in the body language when we get to stonewalling, the, oh, one of yeah. the four horsemen, yeah. is it looks different for men and women. Uh-huh. Not to say that all men do the one, or, but the behavior occurs differently in each gender yes. of the couple. Commonly, and, yeah. and knowing, okay, for women, they could be staring right at you, like <laughs> dead in the eyes and be stonewalling, like mm. completely yeah. checked out. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, well, yeah. I'm just not listening mm-hmm. to you anymore. You think I am. But yeah. I'm not. And then for men, it's usually kind of the sitting back and like uh, looking away or downward. Yeah. Again, that's a big stereotype. But yeah. even those behaviors within 
your relationship you can kind of tell and mm-hmm. that's usually when arguments when our brain goes oh they're not hearing me say it louder mm-hmm. your brain's like just yell it at them you yeah. know like, oh yeah that's a great idea brain why didn't you take out the trash yeah. and then the person's like not listening still and yeah. you're like, there's no way you didn't hear me and that's yeah. a whole other fight right you never listen <laughs> you always do this yeah i love i love this but being able to look and see okay this partner's checking out mm-hmm. that's a time for me to be like Zoom. whoa partner a or b where'd you go just then yeah what exactly. where what's going on for you that you just checked out of the conversation because i saw it and i'll be direct yeah shocker but i'll be direct <laughs> in in a gentle context yeah. but i address it i don't just let that mm-hmm. fly by Sometimes I have to time it, like mm-hmm. this partner's getting to a really deep thing that I need and the mm-hmm. other partner's checking out. So I'm kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. just please hang in there for like 30 more seconds. Mm-hmm. They finish and wrap up and then I'm able to referee in yeah. and say, thank you so much for sharing that. That was so poignant. Maybe make a note on my end and then mm-hmm. try and include the other partner in. Well, I just stopped listening because I've heard it all before. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Because this is the first time I'm hearing this. So when else yeah. have you heard? Like, yeah. What's staying attuned as a couples therapist really, we we do it for a reason. I think yeah. skilled couples therapist let one partner have more airtime than the other yeah. for a reason. If yeah. you're noticing, though, that your couples therapist is like having a gossip sesh with your partner and you're yeah. just kind of like, this isn't therapeutic at all. Like, yeah. I'm actually not bringing up anything I want. I'm not feeling heard. Yeah. Please bring that up. Yeah. I've encouraged individuals I've seen who were seeing a separate couples therapist. That was their uh-huh. complaint. And I'm like, yeah. you know, you can tell them. They're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, say something. Yeah. Even if you have to wait till your partner's out of the room because you feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not that you wouldn't tell your partner this, but mm-hmm. address that. And this, it changed. It changed the course of this person's couples therapy. I think that's so important what you're saying. If there's one hope I have for this podcast in general right. is that listeners will feel agency when they go to couples therapy. They know yes. what to expect and they know what what their role and responsibility and their power is when they're oh. working. And that's why what you're saying is so important is yes, tell your therapist. Um, we're not mind readers contrary to popular belief. We're not. <laughs> and some weird moments in session yeah. where we actually have those yeah. linkings. Um, and no matter what, bringing that up whether it's a safe way to bring it up, like if you, if like you feel safe with your therapist or if it's a little uncomfortable, but you work through that with your therapist, oh my gosh, what a beautiful way mm-hmm. to work together mm-hmm. and then grow both your therapeutic work as well as your relational work. Mm-hmm. I just can't hit home enough the concept of please communicate that to your therapist about, hey, I heard on the Couples Guy podcast that it's sometimes you might stay with one yeah. person for a little while, and at the same time, I'm still feeling like I'm never sharing my thoughts. I'm never getting mm-hmm. a chance to share my side or participate or do something like that. My hope would be that your therapist would then be able to either own, like, mm-hmm. you know what? I really am doing that. I'll, I'll, I have definitely had to look at myself with clients in the room and go, you know what? You're right. Thank you for telling me that I was really over, Mm -hmm. um, you know, lopsided in this, in this session. Uh, Or I would hope that your therapist, if you give that feedback would then also, um, have an opportunity to go, well, let me share a little bit why, um, my person, and I've definitely done that because my hope for all of my clients is that there's no curtain behind the therapy we're doing. Mm -mm. My cards are on the table. Mm -hmm. You know what's going on. And because it's because 
we're equal partners in this. Mm-hmm. We're all working together for mm-hmm. it. So we collaborate. So I, if you're not too sure, if my clients aren't sure the reason for me diving in or what I'm getting at, then I, I love that feedback so I can go, here's what's important for this right now. And maybe I can help the, pers- the partner who's listening more what to listen for or if it's not a time to listen, what to be um, sort of documenting for themselves. Here's my reaction. Right. So when it is time to switch to the other partner, they can share more articulately what they were experiencing, their thoughts, their feelings, their body sensations in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to know what antidote I give that reduced literally 100% of this complaint in therapy? What? Get your own individual therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I laugh, but the serious part is that's a lot of the times yeah. couples, the individual within the couple who either has no experience with therapy, isn't in therapy themselves, or this is their first time ever going to it. Mm-hmm. This might be literally their only hour-ish a week mm-hmm. to talk yeah. or feel heard. Yeah. And that gets addictive in a sense. Like uh-huh. it's very nice to have that feeling. Yeah. And so when it gets taken away or we feel like, oh, my partner's threatening my time to be able to talk about it. Uh-huh. Sometimes an individual will bring that up and say, you're not spending an equal time. And then I have to drop a truth bomb and be like, but I am. So why uh-huh. is this coming up for you? Yeah. Like I can time it for you and we yeah. can record it and see if it's even or close to even, but yeah. this isn't coming up. So maybe that's indicative of in their relationship. They don't feel heard. Mm-hmm. They don't feel this. So they're projecting it into the couple's therapy room. So I think it is important to note sometimes we actually aren't spending more time on one partner than the other. Mm-hmm. It's your perception. Still bring it up, but that's a, an mm-hmm. allowance for us to go in and say, that isn't the case. I'm wondering what's leading you to think that. And then I refer them out to individual therapists mm-hmm. because that in and of itself, maybe that's a whole other mm-hmm. topic, but mm-hmm. that fight of they don't spend as much time on me. We always talk about what you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. It's always about you. Arms crossed again. You know, the tantrum yeah. comes up. That in and of itself can be very, very easily solved by going to an individual therapist. Mm-hmm. So you can vent all of that that mm-hmm. deep inner working stuff is your responsibility anyway to work mm-hmm. through and then bring it to your partner and say, hey, I worked through this. This is why this is the way it is mm-hmm. versus using the entire couple session as an individual session to try and suss it out. That's mm-hmm. the unfair part. Yeah. Um, absolutely. There's many times it's appropriate for us as couples therapists to refer one or both partners to individuals to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. So they can... I need you to be contained. To ha- Yeah, exactly. It's to be like... To work on all of those personal perspectives, values, to bring the best to them. I'll even share a personal story where I, this was actually with a friendship where I was feeling really hurt and I worked on it with my therapist because while it was still a safe friend to talk these things through, I wanted to make sure when I did go and talk about this hurt with my friend, Mm -hmm. I was so clear Mm -hmm. about where I was at. Also, my hurt was well-processed, so it wasn't spiking into anger, by right. the way. So I wasn't going to start being defensive or accusing. <laughs> How could you? Stuff. Yeah. So, uh, man, that was such like a, a way. And this took a couple sessions, by the way. Oh, like, no. This was I've done hurt. it, too. Yeah. And so that's that's just a cool, awesome thing to be considering. That's the benefit of individual therapy mm-hmm. to like uh, accentuate couples. It gives each partner that opportunity to be very clear with their emotions and where they're coming from to bring really their best, most compassionate and patient partner to self to their relationship. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, so when I say going to your own individual and to bring up the things that you need to work through anyway, Mm -hmm. I think there's even more merit or value if you're a premarital, like Mm -hmm. dating a few years, deciding whether to get engaged or not, Mm -hmm. or you're engaged, about to be married, you're newly married, etc., 
in those phases, especially Mm -hmm. what you're working through may not be for your partner at all. Mm -hmm. That may be something that is completely your solo journey Mm -hmm. that not keeping a seat. It's not the secrets thing, but Mm -hmm. it's such an intensely personal thing that has nothing to do with your relationship. It's a behavior of like you, something you need to process through an individual Mm -hmm. that having it properly processed and thoroughly prepared in individual, you might just be like, Oh, actually can just work on the changing of the behavior, mm-hmm. et cetera. I don't need to sit and tell my partner, hey, I work through all this. You're yeah. more than welcome to, but sometimes you, we don't we don't always need to talk yeah. about and dive in every little thing. You can do the work yourself. And I think that brings up an important point of what the role of a couples therapist yes. when this comes up. When there is a significant amount of individual work to be done, um, what and it's coming into the couples therapy, what's the role of the couples therapist? Because let's be honest, listeners, you might be sitting there going, how do I know if it's individual or not? Don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, great. You happen to have a professional, your couples therapist, right who can help you with that. Um, and I think having the open dialogue. Yeah. Um, your couples therapist can help you determine whether mm-hmm. or not it's like, hey, I think this is a referral thing where, hey, you should, you know, this would be, mm-hmm. th- here's how individual therapy can help so much this issue. Mm-hmm. Or be like, okay, let's dive deep for this one session, but here's how after we, by we being the therapist and the, the couple, come to understand what's going on, how that's going to relate to our couple's work. Yes. And this is where, going back to, let's just use an example of, say, uh, uh, combat PTSD, mm-hmm. which I, I work with a bunch in my office. Mm-hmm. And let's just say, so I might spend some time with the combat vet who is struggling with some um, PTSD type symptoms and get to a place of what's going on. Now, let's, there's definitely a boundary that I'm assessing, which is, is it so much that we're actually getting into the struggle individually to cope with that? Okay, and if that's so strong that I can't in- bring the partner in yet, individual, go. Yes. And by the way, anyone out there, EMDR, huge fan of. If you're ever looking for um, a resource to do individual uh, work for PTSD or other types of traumas, EMDR is a type of therapy. We won't go into it in detail now, but you've heard it, E-M-D-R. I'm trained in it. I love it. It's amazing. It stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Absolutely. So I use that as well. I mm-hmm. work with a lot of... Mm-hmm couples who've had high trauma yeah like domestic violence childhood abuse Mm -hmm. they have chronic triggers and they see an individual therapist Mm -hmm. and they receive emdr from either that therapist or another person another practitioner the way that that is able to play out in couples therapy is Mm -hmm. i process through i sit and get to the root things i hand it to the couple in in a Mm -hmm. neat bow of saying what hey i i wasn't and i always like saying i wasn't there for the fight so can you can you tell me what happened? And we're going to take turns. I want just the, just the facts, ma'am. You know, I want mm-hmm. the perspectives. And then I'm going to kind of see how it played out. Mm-hmm. Because the objective person in the room, I'm pointing at myself, mm-hmm. at, or my, at Ryan, the therapist, can see, oh, that's why they got triggered. It has nothing to do with this partner, yes. this and that. Same with combat. That if you mm-hmm. have that trauma coming up, yeah. that's an... That's something your partner can understand to a degree, yeah. but they can't heal it for you. No. Your partner can't heal much like that trauma piece is not going to be something that the partner can go in and be like oh a hug is going to get rid of my flashbacks like that is a i'll 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 challenge that a little bit okay uh we're going down some rabbit holes here but i think it's interesting Mm -hmm. um especially because um uh Mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about yes in general i do want to actually get the message like hey that kind of work is 
individual go do it. Mm-hmm. However, what I disagree with is that that's not healing in couples therapy. If And this is where it comes from my lens mm-hmm. as an uh, emotionally focused therapist, mm-hmm. that actually that such a strong relationship, such an important relationship of true partnerhood, we come what's called the attachment lens. Mm-hmm. And when that can be activated as a healing resource, i.e. when someone suffering from some disturbance like PTSD can turn to their partner and feel safe and go, hey, I'm in distress, be there for me. That is one of the number one healing um, I don't want to say factors. It's a healing tool. That sounds so no, cold. No, I, I... Yes. But, like, that's one of the most, like, powerful healing agents in the world is having a partner that you can turn to and say, I'm in distress. Please comfort me. But that's not the same as the partner going through EMDR and having to not be triggered anymore. No, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, absolutely The true. healing yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of yes. getting a hug from your partner in couples yeah. therapy, if you kind of realize why yeah. it's happening. Yeah. I've still worked with high trauma couples who that fight comes up so many times and i request or recommend at least Mm -hmm. that partner i said you know have you brought this up to your individual therapist or Mm -hmm. have you done some emdr around it and Mm -hmm. they're like oh no that's a great idea yes then they come back and they say that's what helped that's what i mean by that's your individual responsibility as a person of Mm -hmm. your partner is serving as a mirror to you of oh i need to go back and work Mm -hmm. on this some more this still triggers me Mm -hmm. you could be dating anyone and likely that would be your trigger so again there's that differential piece of you want to go to your partner and feel supported and healed by the hug of it but that hug is not going to do the same thing in the brain as going back and doing emdr or other Mm -hmm. intensive trauma work around that trigger biologically yeah Yeah. i yes absolutely agree with that um nice uh, I love the rabbit holes. Super fun yes. to kind of explore those a little but bit. But this kind of shows listeners why mm-hmm. we might be spending more time on one partner than the other because our brains go to all these places because of our trainings, well, because of our background. And we need to be curious about it. Yes. Because we, we, there's, it's so amazingly complex the way we work as humans yeah. that there can be different um, things going on that we can't just assume. And mm-hmm. actually a good example that you were talking about earlier is when you have a partner do like a stonewall or a shutdown of mm-hmm. some kind. Um, you were describing how some people might look. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember uh, being in a in a actually a couple's training, and we were watching um, a live session from a real couple. And in this case, it was a male and female couple, and the male um, was uh, in, involved in session, and there was some feedback from other members in the training. And a number of people were articulating, oh, that person was shut down, he was withdrawn, he was stonewalling, blah, 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 blah. Actually, as we explored more about that, that was him from his very um, uh, American male cultural standpoint being present and strong and very attuned to his wife in this case. Yeah. And the therapist who was presenting this case knew that because she had gotten curious after the clip and went and explored that and could feel in the room as well. However, especially with newer clients, us as therapists, we don't always know, is this um, calm, quiet facade in front of us just a facade Mm -hmm. and your wheels are turning? Mm -hmm. Is it actual stonewalling? Mm -hmm. Is it a shutdown? Is it, hey, I'm checked out of this relationship? Or is that how they listen? Or is that the way they actually are listening and being open and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I'll say I relate that way. When things are serious, 
I get very low emotion because it's so threatening to me. But if I care about you, I'm there, I'm listening, I'm calm, and I'm like, everything's turning inside of me, but you won't see that on my face. Mm -hmm. And I'll be talking with like a monotone because it's so scary, but I'm being vulnerable and as open as I can be. So we all are differences is my point to go back to the idea that we have to sometimes get curious as therapists and dive a little deeper with one partner before we can make assumptions of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And always be curious mm-hmm. and always ask the questions. And that's the same for you listeners who are clients or mm-hmm. clients who are listeners, yeah. <laughs> whatever combination you are, keep a curious mind and understand that you are more than welcome, at least in Ryan and I sessions, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you're more than <laughs> welcome than al- you're allowed to ask. Yeah. You're more than welcome to ask, Hey, I'm noticing you're spending some more time. Why is that? Be curious, yeah. not not a defensive thing. Mm-hmm. Really be curious why your couples therapist may be spending more time mm-hmm. on you as the partner or your partner in the relationship. And you are also more than welcome to seek your own individual therapist. You can bring that up and say, hey, I actually am realizing a lot of this stuff may be things I want to work through an individual mm-hmm. to a couples therapist. Can you help me find one? Yeah. You can do you can advocate for yourself the same way that we can step in and say, "Hey, I'm not comfortable moving forward with the couples work. It seems very one-sided. Mm-hmm. So, why don't we include an individual therapist in this kind of team mm-hmm. and then move forward with couples?" So, mm-hmm. I can do my job better as a couples therapist when people are contained by whatever means that may be. Yep. Love it. So I think uh, the main takeaway from this discussion mm-hmm. being the idea that, uh, yeah, in couples therapy, we always, as therapists, try to have a balance with our, our, our couples so that everyone's getting you know equal time and both feel heard and that there's actually a communal experience. And there's absolutely appropriate times where we have to kind of deep dive with someone or just give a little more time because that's what's going on in the room. Yes. And that for clients then to know that be aware of that mm-hmm. and if it is feeling off still ha- feel free to give some feedback to your therapist mm-hmm. or look for your therapist cues mm-hmm. of the therapist is acknowledging we're taking a little extra time and then maybe recalibrating in a different session absolutely and absolutely individual therapy if something really is like keeps coming up that isn't i just think it you know, forever well yes <laughs> everybody should see with a therapist un- <laughs> with unlimited time and resources absolutely and that's certainly a value i have and will always have a therapist myself yes. however I get time and resources can be a thing. Yeah. So next yeah. time we meet, we'll be in a couple weeks. Yes. For next our next episode. Episode episode number six. I'm checking my notes right now. Ooh, the elephant in the room. Yes. What do we mean by that? I don't know. Should we make them wait? Actually, yeah. Let's yeah. make them wait. You have to wait. Episode next. six, we're titling the elephant in the room. And come so, check us out in two weeks. We release every other week. Mm-hmm. And, and get to see another fantastic discussion on couples therapy. Yay. See you then. So go ahead and uh, send us emails, message us um, mm-hmm. on Instagram. Yep. We would love to answer your questions, either about your relationship or about uh, the concerns that have come up for you in your therapy sessions or yes. what you're thinking about when you think about, hey, I might go see a couples therapist. Yeah, we'll give you our best suggestions. It's not therapy, but mm-hmm. it can help. Yeah. Find us on thecouplesguidepodcast.com. You can uh, message us there. Or feel free to email us at our email address. Ryan and Talia at thecouplesguidepodcast.com. Likewise, we have an Instagram where you'll find our episodes and where you can send messages as well. And our mm-hmm. Instagram is... The Couples Guide Podcast. There you go. So, hey, this is It's Complicated, The Couples Guide Podcast. <laughs>